I hope and pray if you're here and you're a Christian this morning, you realize that being a Christian, being a born-again believer, means that you have the Spirit of God. Amen? Amen. I preached that a lot to you lately, multiple times, uh, not, not by accident, but so that you would hear it and that your heart would believe it. Right? If you're a Christian, if you're truly, if you put your faith in Jesus Christ and, 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 and you've repented of sin and, and you have believed upon the Lord Jesus Christ, then you have the Holy Spirit. That's a Bible promise. And, and, and if you're a Christian this morning, we know that it's because of the love of God the Father who sent His only Son. Amen? Amen. We know it's because of the finished work of the Son, Jesus Christ, on the cross. And we know it's because of the continuing work and power of the Holy Spirit living in us. Those, that's the recipe for Christianity this morning, right? Is that for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, He sent His Son, that whosoever would believe in Him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Right? And, and, and we know then that the Son, that the, the message of the Gospel of Jesus Christ is that Christ came and He was crucified for sins. Amen. And that His blood has the power to forgive sin. Amen? Amen. And that the Holy Spirit is the gift of God that comes from heaven into all believers so that we can live out the Christian life. Amen? Now, I preach that to you a lot. I've also preached to you that the Holy Spirit is as much God as God the Father and God the Son. Amen? I preached that to you. I want you to believe that. Listen, it's important this morning that you understand that we absolutely must not exclude the Holy Spirit from our worship. We cannot exclude Him from our devotion. We can't exclude Him from our prayer life. We can't exclude Him from our study life. We can't exclude Him when we praise God. He's as much God as any part. He's deserving of the same attention. That we give God the Father and that we give God the Son. Amen. Right? He's, a, he, he's as much God as the rest. And so i got to be honest this morning. The thing that I feel like the Lord put on my heart is that I believe that the Holy Spirit is the most neglected and misrepresented and the forgotten part of the Godhead. In Christians today, I believe that's the truth. I believe we talk about God. I believe we talk about Jesus. And I believe we ought to talk about God the Father and the Son, Jesus Christ. Yeah. But I believe we neglect oftentimes to really talk about and understand God the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Amen. I don't believe He receives the same attention. Amen? I don't feel like we give Him the same honor that we do the others. Yeah. He's, he's sometimes spoke of, rarely worshipped, did you know that you're supposed to worship God the Holy Spirit? Amen. Not just God the Father, not just God the Son, but God the Holy Spirit. He's, he's rarely preached about anymore. And I think it's because deep down we don't have a good understanding that He is truly an equal part of God. We kind of look at it like a coat. That's what I thought about this morning as I was praying asking God, how can I, how can I get it in my mind what God was trying to say to me? And, and I kind, of, I kind of think we look at it that way. Like we can put the Holy Spirit on when we want to. And we can take Him off when we want to. Right? We can have Him when we want to. And we can, we can kind of cast Him to the side when we want to. But that's not what the Bible teaches us about the Holy Spirit. 
what Thomas Goodwin says. I've got a quote from him I want to read to you this morning. It says, Our worship is sometimes with the Father, sometimes with the Son, and sometimes with the Spirit. Sometimes the believer's heart is drawn out to consider the Father's love in choosing them. And then the love of the Son in redeeming them. And sometimes his heart is drawn to the love of the Holy Spirit that searches the deep things of God and reveals them to us. We should never be satisfied with our worship until all three persons of the Godhead are equal in us. And we sit in the middle of them while they all manifest themselves in their love to us. Amen? Amen. That's one of the truths that I really want you to see this morning is that our worship and our devotion and all these things, that it needs to be genuine and it needs to be right. And if we want it to be genuine and we want our worship to be right and we want our praise to be right, it's got to be focused on all three parts of God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. So when we talk about walking in the Spirit, now, I know it's not an exciting message to you today. Again, very teacher-like, and I know that. But it's important. I feel like God wanted me to preach this. Amen. When we talk about living and walking in the Spirit, we've got a supreme example that we get to look to. It's not any TV preacher. It's not any pastor. It's not, it's not. The supreme example that we get to look at when it comes to walking in the Spirit is Jesus Christ. Amen. Right? Uh, uh, the Holy Spirit was the constant companion of Jesus Christ throughout His whole life. Before He was born, the angel came down, visited with Mary, and what did He say? He said, you're going you're gonna to conceive and give birth to a son. Right? How can it be since she's not known man? He said the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Amen? Amen? Conceived by the Holy Spirit. As a child, we read about in the Scriptures how it said that as a young child, it said that he grew in stature and he grew in knowledge and he grew in wisdom in favor with God and with men. The Holy Spirit was illuminated, giving him the wisdom and the stature that he needed. At his baptism, who was there? At his baptism, it wasn't just John Baptist, it wasn't just the crowd. We saw the Holy Spirit descend like a dove upon him. Amen? Commissioning there his public ministry. The Spirit afterwards, the Bible says he straightway come up out of the water, and the Spirit compelled him to go into the wilderness. Where he would go to be tempted there. Forty days in the wilderness to be tempted. Who was with him? The Spirit. After the, after the forty days of temptation, after the devil came and tempted him, and after he was hungry and all these things, you know what the Bible says? It says, after the wilderness, he returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. There's that Spirit again. The Spirit was with Him all the way to the cross. Amen? Amen. What do you think strengthened Him to be able to do that? Amen. We're talking about a Savior who was man and God. Yes. Tempted in all points like us. Amen? Yeah. What could cause a man to endure that when he, when he had all the ability to not endure it? The Spirit of God was strengthening Him. Yes. Yeah. 
It was equipping him. It was empowering him. And we're told that beyond the cross, after Christ had died, he said he gave up the ghost. They put him in the spirit and they put him in the tomb there. You know what happened? The spirit rose him up from the dead. All the way through his life, the spirit was with him. I like what John MacArthur says. He says, The life of our Lord is under the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the perfect man. Why is He a perfect man? He's a perfect man because He's fully controlled by the Holy Spirit. And that is why the Holy Spirit points us to Christ. So that, Because that's what the Bible says. The Bible says, when Jesus said, When He speaks, He'll speak of me. Why does He speak of Him? Because He is pointing us to Christ so that we can see the perfect man. In His death, He validated salvation. But in His life, He demonstrated what it means to be saved. So that's what it will be like when we get to heaven. In the meantime, that's what we're supposed to long to be like. That's the mark we press for. Is what John MacArthur says. I like that. Yeah. You see, the example of what it means to live in the Spirit and to walk in the Spirit is Jesus. He showed us what a Christian life should look like, how a Christian should behave, how a Christian should act. He didn't just teach us, He showed us. He wasn't just a teacher, He was an example. Amen? Amen. Think about that this morning for a few minutes. How did he speak? Where, where, where did he go? What things did he do? Look, look, look with me in John chapter 12 for a minute. John chapter 12, verses 49 and 50. How did he speak? He said, I have not spoken of myself. What about, what about us? Do we speak of ourselves sometimes? I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me, He gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that His commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. Amen? Amen. Do we ask God what we should say to people? You see, we're talking about walking in the Spirit. We're talking about living in the Spirit. Do we ever stop and ask God, God, how is it you want me to approach this person? God, how is it that you want me to talk to this person? Not, it's great to do that when we're witnessing too. Right? To, if you know you're going to go uh, uh, spread the gospel, you're, you've got it on your heart to talk to somebody, ask God, what things do you want me to say? Forget about what you want to say. Think about what God wants you to say. When we're dealing with conflict in the church or in the home or in the family or anywhere, forget about what you want to say. Think about what God wants you to say. Amen? We've got the perfect example. When you look in the mirror, don't think about what you would do. Think about what He would do. We've got a perfect example in Him. Look at John 6.38. It'll come up on the screen behind me. You can go back and read these later. It said, For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of Him that sent me. Now what about us? Is that the mindset we wake up with each morning? 
Do we, do we get up in the morning and do we say, God, I don't want to do my will today. I want to do your will. Yeah. Or, or do we immediately go to what I want, what I need, what I think. I'll say what I want to say. Right? Listen, I, over the years, there's no doubt about it. Sometimes this gets me in trouble. Amen? Amen. Amen. I can fly mad. Say the wrong thing. I'm never vulgar. Thank God He helped me get over the vulgarities and the profanity. But you don't have to be vulgar to be ugly. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hear me out there this morning. You don't have to say something nasty to be nasty. The way you say things and the attitude that you mean behind it. When you fly mad and this comes out, and I've done that, I've done that since I've been a pastor here. Right? The way you things just come out and you're mad, you gotta get that we gotta get that under control. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. We got if we're gonna walk in the spirit, we gotta say what the Father would want us to say. We gotta do the things the Father wants us to do. We gotta act the way the Father wants us to act. You can see that's what he did, right? He was told by the Spirit what to say. Those are the things he said. He was told by the Spirit where to go. Those are the places he went. He was told by the Spirit what to do. He's the example of walking in the Spirit. Now with that in mind, look at this verse with me. Philippians 2. And I am building up to go somewhere. I pray. Philippians 2 verses 5 through 8. Let this mind be in you. What mind? This mind of Christ. This Spirit-filled mind. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Jesus. The same one who said, I speak what the Father tells me to speak. I go where the Father tells me to go. I do what the Father tells me to do. I don't do my own will, I do His will. He said, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made Himself of no reputation, took upon Him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and, look at those two words, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Amen? Amen. Those are the words that I want you to see in that scripture this morning. Became obedient. The mark of a person who's under the control of the Holy Spirit, who's living in the Spirit, it's really simple. It's obedience. What the Spirit says, He does. What the Spirit says not to do, He doesn't do. Amen? Amen. That's what it means. But, to be obedient, you have to be able to hear what the Spirit is saying. Amen? Amen. You ever notice how many times in the Scripture that you've been reading, and especially when you get over there to the letters to the churches and different places, but I think it's 16 times total in the New Testament, I counted up, that He says, and he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church, or to you, or to me, right? Let him hear what the Spirit... We see the evidence of the New Testament that the Holy Spirit communicates the will of God and the direction of God and the desires of God to people. Amen? I'll show them to you this morning. I don't want you to think that I'm making it up, right? I'm going to take you to Acts chapter 13. 
lot of scripture turning today. I know, I'm sorry, but, but these are all important. Acts chapter 13, verses 2 through 4. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, they was praying and fasting, the Holy Ghost said, Who said? Well, it must have been, must have been Peter. No. It wasn't Peter that said. Well, they must have heard what Thomas from one of the other. No. The Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them, and they sent them away. So the Holy Ghost spoke. Doesn't say how he spoke. Doesn't say it was an audible voice. Doesn't say it wasn't. Just says they knew. They spoke. He spoke to them. When he spoke, you know what they did? They did what they said, what he said to them. Obedience. So they being sent forth by who? The Holy Ghost. Departed and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. He spoke. He sent. He told the Word to go. Who to send? Isn't that amazing? They didn't have to guess. They didn't have a business meeting. Amen? Amen. The Holy Ghost spoke and they listened. And they all knew what was the right thing to do. Because the Holy Ghost, they were unified in their hearts about what was right. Amen? Acts chapter 16. Let me take you to the next place. Acts chapter 16. Don't get me wrong. There ain't nothing wrong with the business thing. Just using it as an example. Now when they gone throughout Phygera and the region of Galatia and were and listen and were forbidden by whom? The Holy Ghost. To preach the word in Asia. That sounds strange, doesn't it? They were forbidden by the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. After they were come to Mysia, they essayed to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. The Spirit did not want them to go there. <clears throat> he got to tell them where they could go and where they couldn't. Yeah. Amen? Amen? So before He told them who to send, where to send them to, now He's telling them where they can't go. Sounds like He's in control, doesn't it? Acts chapter 20, verses 22 through 24. Paul said, And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, except that the Holy Ghost has witnessed or has told him that in every city that bonds and afflictions await him. Paul heard from the Holy Spirit. What the Holy Spirit tell him? No matter where you go, Paul, Trouble's waiting. You know what I love about Paul? Paul said, None of these things moved me. Neither did I count my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. The Spirit gave him a little glimpse and said, Paul, he didn't give him details. He said, you need to go to this city? Well, what's, what's waiting on me there? 
afflictions, persecutions. Let go. Paul said, fine. I don't count my life as important because I know, listen, Paul knew something. Paul knew that he had a life beyond this life. Amen. We forget that sometimes. That there's more to our life than this life. There's more to our existence than this world. We need to remember that. The Spirit was directing them. The Spirit was guiding them. The Spirit was leading them. What you and I need to know today is that the Spirit of God speaks to us as Christians just like that every single day. Now we say, no, 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 I don't, I don't hear that or I don't see that. That's not God's fault. Amen? Amen. The Spirit is communicating with us. Listen, in your life, the Holy Spirit that you have living in you wants to communicate with you what the will of God is, what the direction of God is for your life, what the desires of God are for your life, what the purpose of God is for your life. He, he, he knows those things because the Bible says He searches the deep things of God and reveals them to us. Yeah, He does. Amen? Amen. Amen. So here's, here's, this, here's this Spirit of God, this third part of the Godhead, equal to the Father, to the Son, that lives in us, that wants to talk to us, that wants to guide us, that wants to teach us, that wants to lead us. Tells us where we should go, where we shouldn't go, what we should do, what we shouldn't do. He's constantly speaking. But the question is, are we listening? Are we listening? Or is our hearts calloused over? I, I like to play guitar. Um, and when you play guitar, when you first start playing guitar, your fingers hurt. You push those strings down and you get these big lines, these big divots in your fingers and they hurt and hurts bad. Anybody, listen, if you can't relate to that, go out Go out this week, take you about four hours, take and swing your sledgehammer for about four hours and then look at your hands. They're going to hurt. They're going to have blisters on them. They're going to be rubbed off. But you know what happens? You do that every day in your life. After a while, your hands don't blister. After a while, when you play guitar, your fingers don't hurt because they get calluses on the end of your fingers. You get calluses on your hand. Walking, when I was a kid, I could walk on the grass. And it didn't hurt that bad. I had big thick calluses on my feet. Now, if I go outside without my shoes on and step on a gravel, it feels like somebody shot me in the foot. <laughs> a little soft tenderfoot, you know. Uh, it's just the reality. Here's the problem. See, just like that with those calluses, sometimes we lose the feeling that we get thick-hearted and we lose that connection so that we don't hear from God. We've, we've heard Him and we heard Him and we heard Him and we turn it off. And we, after a while, it loses that conviction power in our hearts. Amen? Amen. After a while, the Spirit says something to us over and over. You know, the Spirit goes on and He'll say, I want you to do this or, or you know, I wish you would talk to this person. You put it off. You put it off. You put it off. And eventually, it loses its, it loses its power on you. You've got an old heart, callous heart, or our ears stop up so that we will no longer hear. 
So that's what I'm going to spend just the next few minutes on, and I'll be done. I want to talk about how do we develop a greater sensitivity to the voice of the Holy Spirit in our lives. As we go into this year, I want you to have a Spirit-filled year. That doesn't mean that I want you to, you know, to go home and open the mailbox and find a million dollars and roll around in it. That's not a Spirit-filled year. That's a money-filled year. Right? If you want money filled here, you can get that. But I think more important than having money, more important than having stuff, is being able to hear the voice of our Lord. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. They know me. And another they will not follow. Right? He, 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 he said, you, you should be able to hear the voice of God speaking into your heart about what's right and what's wrong, what you should do, what you shouldn't do. How do we how do we drum that up? How do we make that bigger? How do we make that really a, a vital part of our lives? First thing I want you to see is you've got to invite Him into every part of your life. I, that sounds silly when you say it. I know. When I, when I, when I was prayed about it this morning and as I was writing my notes and looking at everything I thought, you know, it sounds so silly to say we need to invite the Holy Spirit in our lives. He's already in our lives, right? But what we have a tendency to do is we have a tendency to shut the door to certain areas of our life because we don't want Him there. We don't want Him in that part. We don't want Him to, to get involved, right? Now listen, we're fine with the Holy Spirit here at church. Right? Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Right? That's what we want. We're fine with Him in church. We're fine with the Holy Spirit being there when we pray. We're fine with the Holy Spirit being there when we're sick. Amen? Amen. Fine with the Holy Spirit when there's a crisis. We want the Holy Spirit there when, when we get a bad phone call. We want the Holy Spirit there when we're kneeling beside our loved one's hospital bed. Right? We want the Holy Spirit there. But we don't want Him around when we're at work. Right? Uh, because everybody knows at work you've got to lie, cheat, and deceive to get ahead. So don't show up there. Right? Don't show up there. Lord. Don't, don't. We don't want Him around when we're gossiping on the phone with other church members. Amen? Amen. We want Him at church. Just don't get on my phone line. Lord, be there in my prayer room. Just don't get on my cell phone. Don't read my text messages. Right? We, 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 want, him, we want Him around, right? Uh, uh, as, as long as we need something. But when it's us and, and we're not in church and we're not trying to worship and we're not trying to pray and we're just trying to be who we really are, right? Then we need Him to go on from us. We don't want Him there when we're watching TV, do we? I mean, after all, we wouldn't want Him to see some of the things we watch. We wouldn't want Him to hear some of the things we let into our ears. Right? We, we, we don't want Him there when we go to the movies. Right? We don't want Him around when we run off to that secular concert. Hard preaching. See, it went from such a casual little spirit. That's what hard preaching does. All of a sudden now, everybody can't figure out whether you should be mad or whether you should... What, what should I feel right now? Truth is truth. Amen? We don't want Him around when we do those things, right? But listen, we need to invite the Holy Spirit into every part of our life. 
We need to ask Him to go with us. When we go to work, we need Him there. We need Him to lead us and direct us, right? I, I, I don't know about you, but uh, when I go to work, if there's something I'm doing at work that displeases God, I want to know about it. I want to know so that I can get it resolved, I can get it fixed. I, 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 I want to know if it means that I don't get promoted, that's fine. I don't need another promotion. I don't need another pay raise. I don't need any of those things as much as I need to be able to hear from my Heavenly Father and know what I'm supposed to do for Him because that work, that job, all those things, that's all temporary stuff. That's all replaceable things. But not following the will of God that's an eternal thing. If I'm gossiping, I want the Holy Spirit to tell me. Because I'm going to stop. Amen? I don't want to be callous and hard-hearted, right? If I pick up the phone and I start telling somebody about how I don't like brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so or, or my neighbor across the street or whoever it is, I want to be able to hear the Holy Spirit say, Stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop. And I want the strength to be able to stop when I hear it. If I'm watching something on my television that offends God, I want to hear Him say, turn it off. Turn it off. And I want the strength to be able to pick up the remote, turn it off and say, this ain't for me. Amen? If I'm doing anything, participating in anything that displeases God, I want to do that. To do that, I have to listen. If God wants me, this seems so silly, if God wants me to go to a different grocery store tonight, because He's got somebody there that He knows I need to run into so that I can tell them about Jesus and that I can hug them or that I can buy them a bag of groceries or whatever He wants me to do, I want to be able to hear that. I want to be sensitive. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about sensitive to the Spirit. I want to be so sensitive that if He says, Bill, I need you to go here, then I'll go. Or that if I'm getting ready to go into a place and He says, just like He did with the disciples there, they were getting ready to go to Asia to preach the gospel. That sounds like a noble thing to me. Yeah. They, were doing the, they were doing the right thing, right? They were going to preach the gospel, spread the gospel to Asia. He said, not there. Now's not the time. I want to be able to hear that, don't you? Amen. If I've got a sermon that I, I feel like the Lord's given me and, and I go to preach it and, and I'm getting ready to stand up and preach it, I want the Lord to say, that's not the right one. Yeah. You need this one. This is what's needful here. Because He knows better than I know. Amen? In fact, if you're getting up to sing a song, I want you to be so in tune with the Spirit of God that you've taught the Spirit of God and, and, and that you know the Spirit says, you know what, somebody needs this song. This song. You say, well, the Spirit don't work like that. I think He does. I think He does. I love this Scripture in Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. He said, I say unto you, ask, it's verses 9 through 13. I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. For everyone that asks receives, he that seeks finds, and to him that knocks it shall be opened. Amen? Most commonly, that scripture is quoted when we're talking about prayer. But let's go on and see what the scripture is really about. If a son shall ask bread of any of you, 
that is a father, would you give him a stone? If he asks a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? If he asks for an egg, would you give him a scorpion? If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? Ah. A deeper sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. I hope you can see it there. If you want to know, ask. If you want to seek, if you want to find, seek. If you want to see more, if you want to see what's behind the door, not. You just simply ask God to give you this deeper sensitivity to the Holy Spirit in every aspect of our lives, and He delights in doing that. That's what He says right there. He's, it's not like He doesn't want you to have it. Right? It's not like God saying, Oh, wait. You know, if you've you got to do this, 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 and this, and then I'm going to give you the Holy No. He wants you to ask and seek and not, and if you'll do that, He'll give it to you. A deeper sensitivity, an ability to hear the voice of God. Maybe not with these. More importantly, with this. God, this is, this is something that, that we all need to understand. God is not wanting to keep, to hide His will from us. God doesn't want us to be in the dark about what He wants. God wants to reveal His will to us. And the Spirit is the vessel through which that will happen. Amen. But there's more. You've got to be able to do that. The second point is you've got to be able to learn the language of the Holy Spirit. And some of you right now are panicking. Don't panic. I'm not talking about uh, anything other than the language of this book. <coughs> this Bible is the language of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yes. This, this, this is, I mean, I, I, guys, I cannot say this enough to you. As a pastor, as a friend, as a brother in Christ, I could never tell you enough, your heart needs to be in this book. Yeah. If your heart's not in this book, your heart's not where it needs to be. If you don't care about reading this book, if this book doesn't mean anything to you, if, if, if you can toss this book aside and not worry about what it says, and what, it, it, then something is wrong. doesn't matter how much you call yourself a Christian. i, I got a few more scriptures i got to read to you. Okay? Don't, don't lose patience with me. I know it's been kind of long. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 19 through 21. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed, as unto a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the day star arises in your hearts. Knowing this first, no prophecy of the Scripture is up for private interpretation. Amen? Amen. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Amen? Now look at it. we got a more sure word whereunto we ought to take heed. What is that more sure prophecy? What is that more sure word? It's your Bible. It's your Bible. It's a light in a dark place. Amen? 
It comes from the Holy Spirit. 2 Timothy chapter 3 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Amen? It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. The language of God is found in this book. And this book was written to each one of us. Yeah. It wasn't written to a culture that, last, that, that died out a thousand years ago or two thousand years ago. It was written to every person for all eternity from here on out. And it was written to teach us, amen. The more we read it, the more we hear from God. This is the language of the Holy Spirit. This is one of the voices that He will speak to you with. The more you study, the more clearly you're going to be able to discern the voice of God over all the other voices that are speaking. There's a scripture in Corinthians that says there's many voices in the world. None of them without significance. This one is the most significant. The Spirit of God, this is important. The Spirit of God will never contradict what's written in this book. I've seen Christians go down this path over and over again. Something clearly written in the Scriptures. Right? It's clearly there. You should avoid this thing or do this thing or don't do that thing. It's clearly written. And in their mind, their situation is the exception. In their mind, they're the exception to the rule. I've heard professing Christians listen, be in adulterous relationships cheating on their spouse. And when they talk about it, they say this, God knew how unhappy I was and God sent me this other person. They convince themselves that their situation is the exception to the rule. God is never pleased with adultery. Never. God honors the covenant of marriage. That's just reality. God's never pleased with that. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter how miserable you feel. God didn't send you somebody else to shack up with. Amen? It's not the way it works. That's not how this works. I've seen it in other areas, right? I've seen people get caught up in things at work. And they know they're going to get in trouble. They know that it's going to cost them. Uh, and maybe even cost them their job. And what do they do? They lie to justify. They say this. Well, God gave me this job. God knows I need it. He wouldn't want me to lose it. So I had to lie. But God knows I didn't want to. God never condones lying. Nowhere in this book does He say it's okay to lie. Right? Uh, what God would be honored by is if you didn't do the thing that got you in trouble in the first place. Amen? Or if you did it, messed up, own it. Own up to it. The Spirit won't tell you something opposite of what this book says. He does not change the definition of right and wrong. This book decides that. He doesn't change it because He's the author of this book. He wrote it. He's not going to tell you something different than what's in it. Amen? 
boring a little bit this morning. But you hang with me. We're almost done. Another verse I want to take you to. John 16 13. This will be our last verse. John 16 and 13. Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. You see what he does? He guides us into all what? Truth. He guides us into the truth and reveals things to come. Remember Paul? Back there in Acts where we read, he revealed to Paul, afflictions are coming. Didn't tell him the details. He didn't say, brother so-and-so or, or so-and-so in this city with you know that looks like this and that and the other. He's going to do this and that and the other. He didn't give him all the details. But he said, you can rest assured when you go into that city, in every city that you go in, afflictions are coming. He gave him a, a glimpse of things to come. That's the voice of the Spirit. So we've got to include him in our worship. We've got to be obedient to his voice. We've got to invite him into every part of our lives. We've got to learn his language. Amen? Yeah. Lastly, one last thing. We've got to try to remove some of the other noise that keeps us from hearing. I wonder if it's possible that there's too much noise in our lives. That we don't hear from the Spirit so often when He speaks because He speaks in a still, small voice. And there's so much noise going on all the time we can't hear. We have, we have the noise of our busy minds. Right? How many of you can relate to that? Always thinking about the next thing you have to do. Right? Uh, mine's constantly turning. I gotta get this done, I gotta get that done, I gotta do this, I gotta do that. This didn't get finished. What if I, I listen, I, my mind's busy. I'm amazed at the mind of my wife, who somehow has found a way to be busier in her mind than I am in mine. <laughs> we can lay down at night, and suddenly she remembers everything. Yeah. That needs to be done, that I didn't do, that I that I've got half finished, <laughs> that we should have done, and and all these things I I I I can let go of some of those things. She cannot forget them. What are we gonna do about this? Well, I mean, do y'all do that lay there randomly? And all of a sudden she speaks up and says, We gotta get this and this and this and this, and I'm like, we gotta go to sleep. We got one thing we gotta do right. Right? Nothing else to be done right now. But rest, right? Think, but she's got this busy mind, right? And and, and I, I have it during the day, but I can turn that thing off, right? But but you remember you remember Martha in the scripture, Martha, Martha. You're anxious. You're covered out with all these things. You're missing the good part. You can't hear what the Lord's saying because you're in here trying to get everything done. Right? Your mind is just swirling around. We get the noise of a busy mind. We get the noise of distractions all around us. Right? TV's always blaring. Radio in the car as soon as you get in, it's on. It's blaring. Phone's always dinging. Always going off. Put it on silent. All in all. This is the honest truth. 
I'm not, I'm, I, I will not lie to you. There are times that I feel my phone buzz in my pocket, and it's not even in my pocket. <laughs> it's the truth. I'm not joking. There's times that my, phone, my phone's ringing. My legs just go ghost vibration. <laughs> because my phone is so used to buzzing. It's the truth. You think I'm not? I'm not. Not even a little bit. Car horns are always honking. Commercials are always telling us what we need and what we, why we need it right now and why we got to have it. There's new Facebook videos to watch and YouTube holes to fall into and, and, and it just entertainment and distractions everywhere. Right? You go, you go to get your Bible and your, and, and your computer sitting beside of it and you read a verse and rather than read a verse and then read another one, you read a verse and then you get on Facebook and see what everybody says. Right? It happens. Right? You, get, you say, well, I'm going to get on my phone and read the Bible in my Bible. And you never make it. Suddenly you're, you're playing some weird game or you're on Facebook or you're doing this thing or Twitter or something or whatever. Right? Whatever that may be. There's distractions. Where do you think they come from? Why do you think they're there? There's somebody that wants us distracted all the time. There's somebody that wants us constantly doing something besides what's in it. There's somebody that wants us to not read this word. There's somebody that wants us not to hear that voice. An enemy that's after our souls. Be on guard. Right? Then you've got not only the noise of distractions and, 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 and the noise of busy minds, you've got the noise of responsibility. And these are the things you can't not do. You got the kids screaming, right? It's not like you can it's not like you can just say, well, you know, they're hungry, but I'm not feeding. Right? You've got the you've got the, the boss calling and the dishes stacking up and the bills on the table that have to be paid and the airs that have to be run and, and the grass that needs to be cut and all these things, right? The cars that need to be serviced and the animals that have to be fed and you can just go on and on. Here's the point though. There's a lot of noise and sometimes you have to get somewhere where that noise is gone. There is a reason why the Lord would at times get away and pray. There is a reason why God tells us to go into our closet and pray. Do you think it's that so you think it's because he doesn't want anybody to see you? It's so that you can get away from the distractions. Right? It's so that the distractions doesn't come in and get the, the better of us. You've got to be able to remove yourself from those distractions. Sometimes you need a quiet place to be able to hear the voice of God. And I encourage you to make time for personal prayer. Not just going through a list of all the sick people that you can remember. Amen? But a time where you have a real conversation with the Holy Spirit. Where you talk with Him and you pour out your heart to Him and you confide in Him and you ask His will, ask for His guidance and for His help and His direction, right? So that you can say, God, what do you want me to do about my kids in this situation? Or, or you know, what do you want me to do about the church? Or what do you want me to do about my job? Or what do you want me to do about this thing or the other thing? He is a comforter. He is a companion. 
Right? He is a teacher, the Bible says. He is a friend. He will listen. And He will respond. But you have to be where you can hear. you got to be where you can hear. Sit, you know, just take some time and, 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 and sit during that time. Take, take some time during that personal prayer to worship Him. Let me go back to that for just a minute. Right? Don't separate prayer and worship. They don't have to be separated. It's two separate things. Right? You, you, I, I learned that in Africa. You can pray and sing and worship all at the same time. Yes. It's an amazing thing. Right? Like we divide everything up into segments. You know, just like this morning, right? We said, okay, let's all come to the altar and pray. We had our prayer time. Now, after prayer time, it's worship time. Right? After worship, it's preaching. Right? We divide everything into segments, but it doesn't have to be. You can worship and pray at the same time. I watched, I watched them get in the dirt in Africa in, in, before the dawn of the morning, before the sun came up, and I watched them as they would pray, and they would pray for the day and the villages that we were going to, and they would pray for God to speak to them and to use them, and then in the middle of their prayer, all of a sudden, they would start to sing, and then they, they would sing this beautiful song, and then and they would worship, and then they'd go right back to praying. Like just one smooth, no, no, no transition, no difficulty, no separation of the two things. You know, so go in your prayer closet, put on a, a sacred song that won't distract you, and worship while you pray. Make melody in your hearts to God, is what the Scripture says. And then just, just pour it out. Right? You're in your closet. You're in a private place. You don't have to worry about who's looking at you. You know, at church, you worry about those things. Who's watching? Who's going to see you? Who's going to, who's going to think this? Who's going to think that? But when you're at home in your private prayer closet, and you shouldn't worry about it here, but it's hard, I know. But there, like, you can get down and you can pray. You can, you can ugly pray. Right? Like, you can get up with a snot coming down your face. <laughs> And I know you can do it. I've seen some of you here at the altar. <laughs> I've seen you get up and have to do this number, right? When you search around. Right? But you don't have to worry about that. Right? You can just get down on your faces and you can just worship God and sing to God and pray to God and talk to God and just really get in there, right? And, 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 and just be with Him. Be intimate with God there. Tell Him the truth. You don't have to sugarcoat it. You don't have to hide it. You don't have to pretend like something's not hurting that is hurting. You don't have to pretend like something's not, that everything's fine when it's not fine. You can just talk to it. Yeah. Like a man, you know what I love about uh, Abraham's relationship with God? The Bible says he spoke, they spoke to each other like a man speaks with his friend. Isn't that amazing? That's yeah. the way I want to be able to speak to God. With reverence, with fear, with love, but as a friend. <laughs> That's what I wanted to share with you this morning. Is that we've got to include the Holy Spirit in our worship. We've got to be obedient when He speaks. We've got to invite Him into our lives. We've got to learn the language of God. That means we've got to study the Word of God. And we've got to find time to get away from the noise. If you want to hear God this year, that's what you need to do. That's what you need to do. And I believe if we do those things, we'll hear you more clearly. It won't always be perfect, but it'll be a lot clearer. Amen? Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Thank <laughs> you.
not going to give an altar call this morning. Just going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. I'm just going to say this to you. We bow our heads as we think about our lives and we think about we think about things in our life. I just if you if you want to be able to hear that voice more clearly this morning, just slip your hand up where you are and say, I, I like to be able to hear that. I'd like to be closer. I'd like to know a little bit more about that. Lots of hands. Hands everywhere. Knowing that this morning, you put your hands down now. Knowing that this morning, we should pray. And ask God to give us the strength to follow His Word. Follow His guidance, right? To give us the strength to do these things that He's laid out for us today. These aren't things that I wrote for you. These are things that God wanted you to hear. So let's go together in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we look to you this morning. We thank you so much for your guidance, for your mercy, for your love, God. Lord, it's our desire, God, this year as we go into a new year, God, that we would hear more clearly from you on what we should do, where we should go, and how we should speak, and how we should conduct ourselves, God, in every aspect of our lives, God. 